Whether you know it or not, there are some Air Force officers today who have superpowers, like the power to move a crowd without speaking a word. In this episode, I interview the homie and fellow Air Force officer Rory Tibbles, also known around the world as DJ Tag. We cover our origin story as young cyberspace operations officers, how his personal interests have helped him become a better leader with international impact, and how hard work can overcome any fears pursuing the non-traditional path to success for an officer. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody. Gabe Brock back on the mic once again. Still recording, still connecting with the homies. And this is one of those benefits as far as it's not a necessarily a COVID-19 um, uh, starter kit as far as like, hey, so I need to go back and, and check in with the homies. This week's uh, guest, uh, I've stayed in contact over a while. We've, we've had our professional um, conversations as far as trying to help him uh, figure out his path along that his way. But also, we, we have a common bond of just kind of think we're going to go talk about it in this episode as far as our unique paths to what we think uh, equates to a successful career in the Air Force. I want to welcome Rory Tibbles, a.k.a. DJ Tag. Welcome to the show, Tag. Hey, thanks much, Gabe Rock. It's good to uh, finally have a chance to participate in this project of yours. Of course. Yes, it's a, it's a, we just, uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording and, you know, the, you asked me what is the primary audience and my primary audience is Air Force leaders. Uh, I try not to distinguish between enlisted and officer because it doesn't really matter. Leadership is leadership. But uh, um, there's definitely uh, a difference of being a genuine leader and the idea of, me being uh, my alter ego, if you want to call it that, Gabrock, and your your alter ego is Tag, are th- those lines have kind of gone away. There's a lot of uniqueness that we bring to the game, and the way that we conduct ourselves, and the way that we tend we lead uh, the teams under our charge. It's something that I believe the Air Force needs, and I'm very very uh, we when we our origin story goes back to uh, Davis Monthan. You were my sponsor when I moved from uh, Germany to uh, Tucson. And um, so we started talking and then all of a sudden, like, I think uniquely we were either having some kind of conversation about whatever, just regular sponsor stuff and getting uh, used to the area. And then I remember you just telling me something about, we started talking about hip hop music and then it started to just really barrel roll down from there. Like, and I didn't realize like, oh, hold up, this dude knows a lot right. about hip hop music. And then you started telling me about your DJing background. And I was like, oh, dude, this is like a legit, like this is another, this is the homie. Like he knows what <laughs> it's, uh, he knows what's going on. And we, uh, you know, almost the Air Force stuff aside, but I didn't realize that the, your, your, uh, your passion for, be, for DJing um, kind of helped shape like just kind of the person that you are. Right. Well, I always do my research. So I remember when I got the sheet saying, hey, you're going to sponsor this new captain we got coming in. Uh, before I like looked at anything, I'm like, look at the name, Google, see what he's about. And at the time you had a, a blog going. I don't know if you still have it, but um, I started looking into there. And yeah, there's all kinds of like graffiti art and stuff about Wu-Tang and fitness. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, very similar. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, like this guy, like 
he's into like the same stuff that that I'm into, and that's that's actually pretty rare for um, you know CGO's mid-level officers to both be into hip hop, graffiti, break dancing, and fitness and, and all that. So yeah, I knew we were gonna click, and then obviously that just kind of drove the conversation as soon as we actually did get in touch. But yeah, I just remember tripping out the first time I saw that blog <laughs> you right away. It's it's seriously, it's almost like that that scene from did we just become best friends? Uh yeah, right, we right. did. And so uh, um and I think, you know, I was already just trying to I was trying to get my family settled. We were moving from Germany. I was like, ah, this guy and I would I almost didn't want to talk about other stuff. I just want to talk to music about you. And so but uh yeah, so you're you're a fellow Air Force officer, you're a fellow 17 Delta, uh, obviously. And so uh, um you we have we our career our origin story started in Davis Monthan and you know we still have connections but we have two different kind of paths and so like if you wanna if you can imagine the traditional uh, you can go back to three three s because that's what I, I originally started as that career pyramid as far as here's what the notional passion looked like and I started out as a I've been a a base com guy my entire career and uh, I think you started off in your career it wasn't you had a, a little mix right yeah. Did have a little mix so my initial assignment was to robbins air force base uh to the base communication squad in there um and so i did my first two years basically my second lieutenant uh time in the base uh comm squad and 78th communication squad at robbins um, but during that time i was able to uh swing into a deployment to baghdad iraq uh, as a second lieutenant flight commander no idea what i was doing but thankfully had some good guidance from some of the other folks uh in my deployed squadron who happened to be from the fifth communications, uh, fifth combat communications group uh, on the other side of the base at Robbins. Uh, and so I made some good connections uh, during that deployment. Uh, thankfully, I did not get anybody killed. And when I came <laughs> back, because of those connections, I was able to work a transfer and I ended up doing my second two years at Robbins with the uh, fifth combat communications group, um, both in the uh, 53rd uh, combat communications squadron as a flight commander, as well as my last maybe six to nine months as a uh, staff officer for the group commander there. So yeah, nice, nice mix of both the base and tactical uh, as a lieutenant, which I think set me up for some good success. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, it's, it's a little bit. So you and I grew up when breadth of experience was, was, it was a thing and it's not mm -hmm. a bad thing. Um, but right. the, the winds have definitely shifted to our career fields now where they're looking for more depth. I had, a. Uh, um, I listened to some uh, um, spring uh, development team comments and they're still, you know, carrying that based on the, the different shifts in the 17 Delta career field, 17 Delta, 17 Sierras and the recategorization. Um, I'm still a 17 Delta X alpha. And so I'm remaining network operations and, and that there wouldn't be anything else I could be like my, my resume still is aligned to that. And so right. um, are you XA as well? Alpha? Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, and very similar. Yeah. they I mean, nothing but respect for uh, for the you know core cyber folks uh, on, on the S side, but I just you know don't have the background, and I really enjoy uh, doing what I'm uh, doing. And 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 I actually and we'll get into it now. Like in my current um, job as a foreign area officer, I actually end up having a lot of overlap with some of the S and uh, more cyber focused side, which is a pretty cool chance to get that perspective. Yeah, yeah. So like we, as our careers progressed, you know, we, you and I, um, happened to me in, in PACAF around the same time. And so like I was, I was on PACAF staff. You're in Korea. We're doing our thing, and it looked like the stars are going to align for certain opportunities for you. And I'll say the opportunity still remained, but it was not an, any more necessarily tied to the direct core function of being a a cyberspace operations officer. Right. 
Yeah. And so the, the idea of, um, but I would argue that after, you know, staying in touch with you and seeing where your career path is gone, a lot of people would say, if you're going to make certain decisions like that, you're, you're, you're putting at risk potentially what is going to be what, what some would define as a successful career path. And, you know, that's, that's going back to the, you know, the FAO was, was not on the uh, career pyramid. I remember that being on there. Like you might've seen a little bit on the side as far as some career broadening, but like it's always been talked about as potentially the timing has to be very, very perfect in order for that to happen. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's a, it's depending on the person if they're passionate about what they, what they're choosing to move forward with. And I think you're a prime example of somebody who has, um, chosen, I'm not going to call it an alternative path. You've chosen a path. And, and I think it, it completely fits with not only your professional side, but your, your personal uh, life as well. Right. I've done a lot of that through, through my career, even coming out of my, my first assignment. Um, you know, you talk about still believe they always talk about, you know, Hey, bloom where you're planted. It's not so important. It's about the job you do, you know, where you end up. Um, and I, I think I've kind of lived that even though, you have all these other folks saying, oh, that's just what they say, but you really have to get this kind of job. So I came out of my first assignment at Robbins. I was offered a job um, flying on the NAOC at Offit, which is, you know, that's the sexy comm job where you get to fly and everything. And, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting one night kind of looking at it and I'm like, yeah, but there's no window. Like, what's the point of like being in the sky if I don't have a window to, to look out of? So I, you know, went back to my boss. I'm like, sir, I really appreciate that offer, but I'm going to roll the dice. You know, I've asked to go to, you know, like a, a, a different kind of assignment. You know, and this one came out, but I'm going to respectfully uh, decline this and, and see what I get. And that popped me out at Davis Month and where, where we met. And that led to some amazing opportunities. Uh, once again, coming out of Davis Month, I'm uh, working direct for the three-star general. You kind of, you know, where, wherever you want to go, you have the spot because the three-star has your back, right? Loki flex, so, that's fine, but keep going. Right? It's, <laughs> that's it's what true. I mean, it's, it's You just, earned it's, that spot. I joke is, around, right? but you owned it. You, you earned so, that spot to, to be his, uh, yeah. So, so the logical next step for that is, you know, hey, this is your chance. Go to a Magicom. We got this, you know, great spot at, at Ramstein coming up, and, you know, you'll be able to do amazing things, and that'll set you up for this next stuff. And so I'm thinking about it. That seems cool. But then I'm looking at the assignments list, and I'm like, Oh, wait, there's this like little job like doing exchange with the Japan Self-Defense Force, you know, on the outskirts of Tokyo and you can go learn Japanese. And I had lived in Japan as a kid and kind of always regretted not learning Japanese or a little bit more about culture. And uh, so I, I went to my boss. I'm like, yeah, I, I want to try for this. And, you know, he gave me the quick talks like, you sure you know what you're doing? And I'm like, yep, let's let's do it. And uh, pulled that. Thankfully, was picked up for, for that gig. And uh, yeah, kind of that was the the trigger that set me off towards the, the FAO track. So went to DLI for a year and a half, learned some Japanese, uh, came to Japan, did two years with the Air Self-Defense Force. Um, thankfully, was uh, following that, was picked up for a, uh, a program called the Mansfield Fellowship, um, which is a, uh, if you time it right, is an IDE granting program. And I uh, spent another year in Tokyo working in Japanese government, and that's what actually gave me the core uh, FAO uh, AFSC. Nice, nice. Yeah, th those are, I'm, I'm thinking about like uh, the idea where you're talking to leadership and you see some sort of opportunity for yourself. So like my own personal situation right now, I'm competing for SDE um, in 21 and the program I'm trying to go for is the uh, leadership development course, which is um, basically you're teaching squadron commanders how to squadron command. Yeah, that's, that's my vibe all day. 
And so I would do that for a year and then um, uh, follow on. Uh, you'd be a faculty for a year, then follow on attend Air War College after that. And I'm like, oh, all of this is way too good of a timing. You're trying to tell me that I get to do my passion of, of developing leaders who want to define the future. And then I go to school and then I, I get that part of my resume. That's that sounds almost too good to be true. And so I'm pushing hard for that. And fingers crossed, we'll find out this holiday season uh, outside of the DT as far as if I get picked up for that. But those are, you know, the the idea of finding something that is that is personally meaningful to you. And it's knowing right how you can you. align it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and it fits both sides, though. It fits your personal and professional um, jars, if you want to call it, and, and they can fill them both. And so that's, you're an example that I really wanted to, to show and, and share with my audience is like, yeah, this is, this, is a, this is an example of somebody who's leading still, still leading, but yet remaining true to himself, because that's the kind of, uh, um, you don't have to always go for the traditional path and traditional pyramid success can be defined in, in many ways. And I think you're a, a, a awesome story that I want to share with uh, everybody who, who tunes into the show. Very cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. There's, there's uh, um, I think, I don't know if you, you, you may or may not know this, but back in, uh, uh, in Davis Monthan, did I pin on major there? I can't remember. You did. It did. Yeah, you yes. used my uh, you used my uh, Air Force song right. remix. I your, use uh, I title. use I'm gonna I'm gonna find it. I still have the track, and I'm gonna use that. <laughs> I've used that at my Lieutenant Colonel promotion ceremony, and I used it. I think I used it in my change of command ceremony too. Either outgoing because people are like because I could do what I want because I'm the commander, and I was like, hey, you're gonna play this one. They're like, and I gave it to radio. They're like, what do you mean? I was like, just put this play it for my for my phone, and then just hook it to the thing and do it all. And uh, I think people. They were like, "Can you do this?" For one, they were like, "This is kind of this is kind of fire." I never, I've never heard uh, the Air Force song with a breakbeat behind it. And I'm like, "Yeah, the homie did it." And and this is, it's a it's a memory that a fond memory I immediately trace back to you, and it's a thing of uh, that I'm I'm very thankful that I got to share that memory with you. And I just want to tell you that yeah, that that stays for all of my um you know. Please, everybody, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please rise for the exiting of the uh, party, the official party. Your your remix comes on. Nice. Yeah, I I don't know Very how cool. <laughs> we'll see we'll see how long I can keep that up. Uh, whether whether or not the uh, um uh the Air Force lets it, it doesn't matter. It's 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 it is still the Air Force song. It just has a badass freaking breakbeat behind it. So, <laughs> so your um speaking of breakbeats, and so you uh your your other persona is DJ Tag, right? And so uh, yes. aside from your successful career as an Air Force officer, you're also, I would say, uh, uh, a very, very uh, successful DJ. Uh, not only within, uh, in Japan, where you're at right now, um, you, you're you clearly a, a known quantity. When we met each other in Tucson, I was like, oh, this dude is like legit. I'm going to get like backstage passes to freaking everything. So <laughs> what, how do you, uh, can you, are there elements of being a DJ and, and what that kind of role is? is there, are there things that carry over to your, your role as an, as an Air Force officer? Absolutely. It's, it's funny how they've gone so hand in hand. So I joined the Air Force initially because I spent two years uh, after high school living on my own in Seattle, trying to do my own thing in music. And I just had no self-organization. Uh, and it, I was having a lot of fun, but it wasn't going anywhere. Um, so I end up deciding one day, all right, let me try this Air Force thing out uh, and enlisted first. And it's funny, uh, since then, I've had more opportunities through music and DJing through the Air Force uh, 
than I, I think I ever even came close to prior to uh, coming in the Air Force. <laughs> so the Air Force kicked, you know, basic training, two years enlisted, uh, you know, kicked a lot of self-discipline into me. You know, I was able to wake up on time, keep organized, you know, handle all my commitments. And um, so that for my first assignment in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, as a, an enlisted airman, you know, just being able to take what the Air Force had taught me, apply that to DJing, suddenly now I'm able to network, I'm much more reliable, I start getting gigs. Uh, by the end of, um, I, I ended up crossing over into ROTC, but staying in New Mexico. Uh, so by the time I graduated college uh, out there, I was opening up for you know, all the major rap acts that, that come through Albuquerque, you know, I had a, a weekly hip hop night and was doing all kinds of things. And, and I really credit the, the Air Force for a lot of that. Um, on the flip side, uh, I credit the DJing for a lot of the ability to, to network and just the self-confidence that have helped me succeed and find new opportunities uh, within the Air Force. So it, at this point now, I mean, across all the different assignments uh, that I've been on, uh, I've been able to DJ, obviously, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, California, Arizona, now here in Tokyo, Japan, uh, which is just an amazing, amazing spot. There's not a lot of money in DJing here in Tokyo, but there's just some amazing gigs available. And it's, it's, a, great, uh, it's a great international community, or even when you're in the States, it's, just, it, it's a good community of like-minded uh, musicians that, that kind of all have their, their passion. You can you know, kind of mix and match different opinions, uh, different talents that that folks have and, and apply them you know both in your personal and professional life uh so I, i've been really fortunate that that both the dj thing and the air force thing have really gone hand in hand and i've been uh successful at both uh because of them uh, together you know more than i would if i had kept them completely separate yes that's awesome there's there is a um so music is definitely one of those kind of elements that it has no has no borders right and i know that you're uh you're deep into the you're very very lucky i wish i was able i've been able to um experience the hip-hop culture in japan because i heard it is freaking deep like especially the stuff that you and i are into i know is prevalent in there and so like absolutely yeah. the uh i uh, if if uh my career uh allows me an opportunity to go there and experience it i'm looking forward to that but there's some elements as far as you as being a DJ. So if I talk, if I thought about the, you know, the four hip hop elements, we got DJing, we got breakdancing, we got MCing, we got graffiti. Um, my background is I was a b-boy, right? When I was younger, right. a wannabe b-boy, whatever. I just, I'm a dancer and I was one of those performers. I remember I was talking to you about this and you're like, man, fuck those dudes. I was like, what? How dare you? <laughs> and you're like, no, man, b-boys always try to take over the floor and I'm, tr I'm the DJ. I'm trying to create a vibe. I'm trying to create a story and, 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 and uh, get the energy moving in a certain method. And then you guys got to come in here. You're going to bump my table. You're going to do some stuff and you're going to demand a breakbeat. And I'm like, no, this is the time where I'm going to calm it down. And then I'm going to have a drop and then I'm going to bring it back. And I was like, I had no idea. I was like, no, nah, it's all same team. We're all same team, obviously. But like, it was an awesome, it was funny. I've never heard that. And so, yeah, no, it was always humorous, but yeah, we, of joked. course, there's, no, there's no, no, right, it was <laughs> right place and, and a right time. Cause yeah, there, there'd been the, the experience, um, a lot of places, right. When you're DJing, there's nothing better than you've got a bunch of cute girls enjoying the music that, that you're playing. Um, <laughs> and that's, I guess that's another thing about DJing. I've always kind of played my passions rather than for, for other people. So I'm not like a mobile DJ. I'm not a wedding DJ who takes requests and, and things like that. I, you know, I play the style that I play and, and you come for that. Hell yeah. Um, but, 
but me and some friends, yeah, we, we always had the joke, you know, you finally get some some girls out there that are enjoying what, what you're into and everything. And then the break dancers show up and they start their <laughs> circle and they want to make it all about them. Um, but yeah, obviously, oh. if you're playing, if you're playing like a b-boy oriented event or, or something like that, dude, there's nothing better than than what those folks can do. But uh, other than that, yeah, you don't want them like kicking, uh, kicking girls in the face while they're doing their windmills and oh it's so fun popping and and locking and trying to do that yeah there's there's definitely some but the the thing i i realize me and the the b-boys and b-girls are definitely cool oh of course of course there it's it's a uh i say that obviously that story may or may not have been over adult drinks and so it was like oh shit that that actually is uh it's it's a is a revelation of something that was lighthearted yet was still like partially true which which makes sense but the the piece though under those four hip hop elements that I think translates to you being a really good officer, the DJ is actually the one that kind of integrates all of them, right? And so the the graffiti artist, the MC, and the and the b boy, we have our 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 pieces, but like it all goes underneath the idea of the DJ, who is it net- started with essentially, the DJ. dude. Mm-hmm. It's essentially networking everybody else, right? You, right. you go when you walk into a spot, the you already know what kind of spot you're walking to based on what the DJ is doing. And I think that's that's what I see in you. I see you understanding how to take a you know diverse audience. It could be diverse because of um, cultural things, you know, as far as blending of American and Japanese uh, cultures. It could be being kind of like the the way I grew up as a, a typical MSGer. Like you understand how to talk to a support guy or a maintenance guy or operations guy, and you can seamlessly do those conversations because you know what you bring to the table as in everybody. For everybody understands what we bring to the table, you know, in, in this day and age, you, you're not going to do anything with, uh, without cyber guys. And so the idea of, um, understanding that, but like, just, you, you don't have, you're not loud about it. You just understand, you know, your importance and you just make sure that you're, you're keeping the party going. You're keeping the vibe moving forward, uh, as a DJ, as an officer, because you've enabled those skills within your personal and professional life that kind of, have helped each each side, like you said earlier, get better. You know, you're I I I firmly believe like your your the confidence that you got as far as knowing how to maneuver in the in the hip hop world directly translated to your success uh, in the Air Force world. I cannot argue with that because I agree with it absolutely. <laughs> uh, if I mean, who knows? Maybe I would have some other hobby, but um, I definitely think my uniqueness has, uh, has always been a, a strength for me in, in every assignment and has put me to, to where I am today, um, on a, uh, 26 floor high rise, looking out over Tokyo, Japan, working in the U S embassy in Tokyo. I mean, doing something I, ne- when I started out, I never would have had an idea that there were opportunities like this. And, um, obviously I credit, you know, my, uh, the, the work I've done in the air force that, that got me here, but. Uh, I was able to do a lot of that work because of my uh, personal passion for uh, hip hop and music. That's right. That's right. I think I think the your your passions for both personal and professional things have led you to your path, and I'm very very happy to know that uh, you're another example of a leader who has just stayed true to himself. I'm always I'm always talking about um, leaders staying genuine to themselves and being able to understand that you know you don't um, have to take off one hat to put on another. You know, you're just, you're tagged through and through and that, that's how it is. And it needs to, and that's a good thing. That's a great thing, to be honest. The idea of, um, air force leaders seeing an officer specifically seeing people be like, no, this is how you can conduct yourself and you're going to be fine. You're, you actually can have a very, very successful career and your, your, your story's not even done yet. We'll see exactly what comes up as far as, you know, the, your leadership's looking out for you. 
and setting you up for the next chapter. And then, but you also know that depending on, you know, what's opportunities out there, you have a, uh, a passion that doesn't go away because, you know, the, just like, you know, you, you guessed it on a mega late show as far as talking about, uh, even in times of friggin' COVID-19 coronavirus, there's still things to look forward to and contribute to like analyzing the RZA DJ premiere battle versus, and I, as much as I listened to the entire episode and, uh, I think, I think being a, a, a huge Wu-Tang, uh, head, I have a Wu-Tang tattoo on me. I don't think you weren't, I, I wasn't around you when I had the tattoo. I think you did have the tattoo. No, no, I got it in New Mexico. I got it after our assignment, but I got, oh, okay. cause I got okay. the boom box and the Wu thing. Like I have a, I'm not, it's a, it's not a, it's not a game. When I have a, a Wu-Tang tattoo, you kind of already know which side I'm going to side, uh, which side I'm going to vote for. However, the premiere stuff, oh, like, no, I can't. Like, it, it, was, it was all choices. And uh, I'm not going to repeat that. Ter- uh, definitely turn into a Mega Late Show episode 109 when Tag was on there. But, like, there were some choices on there. Like, ah, that's what you chose to do? Okay. And, uh, oh, that dude brought the fire. And I went both sides. And uh, um, I really, your, your analysis of that was, was awesome. I, I loved hearing uh, the conversation as far as that being, I'm not, I agree with you. And the, and, the, and the team, a cultural event for the ages. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool, man. So, uh, Tag, I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, again, this is a, uh, an idea that I've, uh, I, I love connecting back with the homies and, and talking about things that we are passionate about. And uh, um, I'm gonna, we're going to stay connected throughout the, our careers, wherever they may go. If I'm lucky enough, I'll meet you somewhere in the middle where we can, I'll, be, I'll do my best not to bump your table like house party, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, um, any, uh, shout outs you want to do before we sign off? Yeah. Well, I actually, I want to, um, just offer like kind of a couple, uh, couple last sort of, I guess, nuggets that, that I've yeah. kind of picked up Let's um, go. as, as kind of like doing the, the off track thing we talked about. Yeah. How I went fail and that wasn't supposed to be the, the way to go, or I did, you know, an exchange or I didn't do a traditional, uh, IDE program. Um, and that stuff is fine. And I go back earlier, you know, they kind of bloom where you're planted, do your thing there. Um, but you also have to, to know the game. And so, you know, before I tell anybody, yeah, just, you know, go off, do, do, your, do your thing and, you know, stay off radar and everything. There's some of that, but, but at the same time, you still do have to stay connected to, to your core, your, your mentors and, and all those things. And so obviously I, I like to, you know, credit all my success to my turntable skills, but it's, it's also been very much, to uh, staying connected to some uh, very great mentors, peers, um, and even subordinates at times that, that, that guide me uh, in, in the right way. So, you know, feel free, go off track, do your thing, do your passion, but at the same time, you stay connected uh, and, and know what's out there. Um, yeah, aside from that, uh, definitely want to give a shout out to the uh, 17D uh, core community, assignments team, uh, career field managers who have, you know, kind of helped me, helped keep me informed to, to, to know the timings that I've been able to kind of do all of the, the interesting things that I've done. Um, and then I'll, I'll give a plug for FAO. Uh, a lot of people think, oh, when you do FAO, you're not doing anything related to your, your core assignment. Uh, currently, I do foreign military sales for both air and cyber communications programs. So oddly enough, I'm more connected to the cyber side and cyber command and NSA uh, as a foreign area officer than I have ever been uh, doing any of my 17 Delta, uh, positions. So 
especially now as our national defense strategy moves towards attracting new partners in new domains, the, the, the skills that cyber officers bring to the uh, international affairs community is huge uh, and they're applicable and they're, they're, there's overlap between them. So for folks thinking of kind of going on this track, don't, don't think that you're you know, just completely escaping 17D. Uh, very much, you're, there are a lot of positions where you're able to use that background and uh, thankfully I've found one of them here. Uh, and it just happens to be in downtown Tokyo where I uh, love being. So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. And aside from that, uh, obviously, shout out to you, Gabe Rock, for providing this uh, podcast an opportunity for uh, not just myself, but you know, a lot of other guests that uh, have probably much more to offer than I do, uh, and everything that that you put out with uh, with this program, and just for being a cool homie all these years. This is this is a uh, um, this is just like a natural conversation between me and you. I just happen to be recording it and happen to be releasing it on a podcast, more or less. Um, right. Yes, <laughs> and that's a, that's the kind of show constant elevation is right. It's a it's a gathering of like minded individuals, and don't get it twisted. Obviously, uh, Tag has has earned his spot because he put the work in. It's not in spite of anything is uh, of. Uh, his, his passions or anything like that. It's because he stays true to himself. And that's what I'm always going to tell people. If you're, if you're staying true to yourself and you put the work in, the results are going to happen. And um, clearly there, there's portions of the Air Force um, that uh, you have to make a deliberate decision to make sure you want to participate because you, why would you uh, throw those opportunities away? You and I understand those, uh, those, uh, um, those places in front of us. We meet them, and I would say we meet them very, very strongly. And um, and I think the opportunities that have been given to us are a reflection of that. So um, it's a. I just want to get make sure people understand that there is there are, there are paths out there that you can still be successful in the Air Force yet still remain true to yourself. You got Gabe Rock here. You got DJ Tag over there. Other sides of the world. I don't know how many hours are separating us because it's like what time is it right now there? Nine. Uh, something I don't know. Maybe like nine thirty. Yeah. Oh, 915. Right. It's 816 at night and I'm going to pour another drink. So, nice. <laughs> all right. So tag again, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I think your story is something that people need to understand and uh, realize that it's an opportunity for you and for them, I should say, and uh, we're going to keep on moving it forward. So for constant elevation audience, I appreciate you tuning in this week and we will talk to you soon next week. Tag peace. All right. I'm out. Thanks for tuning in to Constant Elevation. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. Visit our site at constantelevation.co. Find and follow us on Facebook at constantelevation.co. And like and follow me on Instagram at at gaybrock01. As always, don't wait for the future. Define the future.